0: Okay, so welcome to the Red Cell Podcast. This is Jay. I'm Jordy.
1: And we're here together with you <laughs> right now. How you As doing, always. brother? How you hey, doing? Man, doing good, man. How's your How's your weekend? Uh, it was uneventful, man. I don't uh, do too much. I hang out and do a little training over at the Krav Maga gym here in town, and you know, other than that, it's just work. I did work Sunday, so putting in some hours. How about you?
0: Uh, you know, um. I worked around the house, you know, and uh, went caught a movie with the kids, so that was kind of cool. You know, I had a little bit of fun there. Yeah. Um, but what'd, uh, what'd you see? uh the new Guardians movie.
1: Oh, I thought you were gonna say John Wick Four. No, I totally want to see John Wick Four. Yeah. I haven't had a
0: chance to get there yet. Like, I've I've got all three uh, uh
1: upstairs, good. you know, but uh, totally want to see John. Wick 4. That's that series where for me it's just like any of the Mad Max movies. Like anytime it's on TV, I have to watch it now. You know what I mean? Like it's the same thing with Mad Max and then all that good stuff where if I see that stuff, I'm like, okay, I'm committed. So I, I <laughs> so I, I recently watched all the Mad Max movies with my
0: daughter, right? Oh, she had, she yeah. hadn't seen them before. Mm-hmm. So, well, I take that back. We, we haven't seen Fury Road together yet, mm-hmm. but she had never seen any of them before. So like, my wife, she's all super into like the, we don't need another hero. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. So like, you know, we hear this music all the time and shit that my wife will play. Right. And, um, uh, and it's funny because like, I just kind of like assume that like they have seen it because they're teenagers. Right. So it's like, oh, what teenager hasn't seen that. Right. And so right. We, were, we were talking about it and, you know, I was like, oh yeah, you know, Mad Max decided I got the Mad Max four pack. Right. You know, and, uh and she's like, oh, I've never seen any of them. I'm like, I failed you as a father. How did I not <laughs> teach you to sneak behind my back and watch stuff you're not supposed to watch growing up?
1: I yeah. Mean, how on. do you not know Mad Max? <laughs> Jeez. Well, so, and, and, you know,
0: like, so John Wick, same kind of thing. And, you know, like, so she hated Road Warrior because like Road Warrior dog dies. Right. So right. anytime a dog dies, you know, which like, there's the John Wick connection right there, man. Like nah, totally. When I saw John Wick the first time, I was like, Oh, everybody's got to die. And it, like, it was so satisfying
1: <laughs> to watch,
0: <laughs> watch him go through and just methodically take care of business, man. Yeah. I, I was so happy to see like, yes,
1: let's get revenge. You, for that yeah. Dog. You kill my dog. <clears throat> Guess what? Yeah. It's
0: fun. It's, I, you on. know, I mean, it, and it's just to me, like that kind of stuff, like I'm such an animal guy, right. That, mm. like, yeah, I just can't handle, like, I don't like it either, but
1: I, I got to pretend that I'm all, you know, tough and stuff. So then, yeah, I, <laughs> no,
0: no, I'm not crying right now.
1: That's uh, that didn't happen. That's funny you say that because there's a uh, there's an older movie uh, called My Dog Skip, and it had that kid I forget his name now. Frankie Muniz was oh, that yeah. from uh, Malcolm in the Middle? Yeah, I remember. Malcolm and so My Dog Skip, it's kind of goofy, you know. But there's a part where his dog gets hurt or dies, and I, I'll never forget. Like I'm <laughs> I'm tearing up, and everyone's looking at me like. What, are you crying? I'm like, uh, yeah, actually, I am. You know what? I'm going to own it. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I'm crying. I love, I love Skip. Well,
0: you know who doesn't like a dog named Skip? I mean, it's just <laughs> animals in general. You can't kill animals in movies, man. It's just, it's that's
1: it always turns the audience yeah.
0: against. The whoever it works.
1: Is yeah, it it's be. a good, good formula. Yeah, of I course. mean, absolutely. Old Yeller, you know, all that good stuff. Spoiler alert: Guardians Three. <laughs> yeah, totally.
0: Yeah, it's good though. Like, um, I, you know, there was, um. I've heard a lot of like criticism about that movie as far as like the new one and how it's not as good as the first two. I, you know, I don't get too over analytical about it. When I go see movies, it's, it's either good or it's not is the way I look at it. I walk away from it with like hmm. the, you know, how did I feel walking out of it? Right. And not, you know, what messaging was being crammed down my throat or, you know, what now, if the, uh, the messaging is overt as hell and you're just being pounded with them with the message
1: right yeah. then like oh god i you know it's just one big propaganda well campaign. you know
0: and you definitely like everybody you know it as an art form right i get it that like directors and writers they have a vision of what they're trying to communicate and i'll either agree with it or i won't but when it's all it's about is just beating that the heck out of you with that message. Like you will, you know, understand. And it's like, okay, I get it.
1: Right. I yeah, don't know if I agree with it or not, but like, it's I kind of like, like avatar. It. The first one, I haven't seen the uh, second one, but when I saw that movie, I, I really liked it. But after sitting back and watching it again and again, you know, as it was presented on cable or whatever, I was kind of like, there's kind of a uh, message here that they're trying to get across. You know, almost definitely, like, <laughs> like James Cameron, yeah, you will save the world's environments for me. Right? Yeah, totally. it's like,
0: all right, cool, I get it. Like, you know, I and good movie, it's though, it was still yeah. a good movie. It was good. I mean, I think the, the what set it apart was clearly the visuals, right? I mean, and especially back then when like 3D was being reimagined mm-hmm. and it was different than what you know, what your mom and dad grew up with in the <laughs> 1950s with red and blue, goofy ass <laughs> glasses, glasses. On their faces, yeah, so. You know, it's it's definitely a different world that they were introducing people to, as far as the three D technology, and that that was so revolutionary and so mind blowing that it made the movie good, and even if you know, like, ah, like when you sit back and you look at the plot,
1: ah, yeah. you know,
0: it's okay, right? Yeah. But like I I had more fun with a Terminator movie than I did with with
1: Avatar. Speaking of three D, like if if you had to pick a good three D movie that you've ever seen like what's your best favorite 3D movie I for mine for instance is uh did you ever see Beowulf Beowulf yeah that That was was sweet. that was interesting I didn't see it in 3D though oh really yeah I did not
0: that was one where they took Angelina Jolie and Mm -hmm. yeah your digital character and stuff yeah I don't know if I have a specific favorite yeah um I would say that uh you know especially since that trend has gone downhill although the new Guardians movie is being you know shown in 3D now is it um, yeah, you know, and I don't know. I mean, I I think that there's a lot of loss of, like, how good the movie looks. Like, the colors don't seem quite as vivid and bright. Hmm. Yeah. Like, and maybe that's just me and my old eyeballs anymore. But, like, it just doesn't seem as, as bright. And, and, like, so I, I also screwed up really good on uh, buying the tickets. Because, like, when I went to go out to buy the tickets online – Like the cool part is, is you get to pick your seats now. Mm -hmm. The bad part is, is that I wasn't familiar with the layout of the theater. So instead of buying the third row from the back, (laughs) that's right. (laughs) Third row from the front. You're
1: breaking your neck.
0: Oh God, it was horrible. And like, (laughs) and like the, the good news was the theater wasn't full, but I was like, well, I'm like, are we going to be those people that get up and move seats and yada yada? I'm like, you know what? We're just, we're stuck here. Yeah. We're, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm like, Hey, I made a mistake. on That's buying cool. The tickets, so, yeah. you know, so it. we broke our necks. I, I think it would probably have been a little bit better if we weren't sitting so close to the screen. Cause you kind of lose in your field of vision, some of the outlying elements that are going on, on the yeah. sides of the screen a little bit. And you're kind of going back and forth, you know, trying to pan across the screen to make sure you're not missing everything. So you're like an insect. Well, the, when you're a kid, like, world. that's cool. Like, you know, you're fully immersed and, like, you're heading in, like, as a guy my age, man, like, you just start getting dizzy. <laughs> 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 All right. Yeah. I can't keep up with it, right? So, like, you know, it's too much going on, especially, like, in that. So, I'm glad that we didn't, you know, like I said, I prefer the 2D, to be honest with you, uh, but... I'm glad, especially that we didn't go to the 3d because we're sitting there so close to the screen. I was like, Oh God,
1: it would just be totally in my face right now. And even harder to keep track of. So it probably wouldn't have had the same effect anyway, being that close up to it. Like, you know what I mean? It's, I feel like 3d has to be at a, at like the Goldilocks spot, you know, like the best spot in
0: Yeah, because otherwise you're too far back and it's not quite getting to you.
1: Possibly, I mean, maybe I don't know. I feel like too close, though. You're
0: just too close. I could see that. Yeah, big problem,
1: right? So yeah, screens are huge now. Exactly. So so. We've known each other. Let's change the subject real quick. We've uh, we've known each other quite a long time. When did we meet? What, 1988? Oh, you're asking for years? Yeah, yeah. God, I don't I, know. Wait, there's don't no know. way I'm going to track that. All back right, well, to I you. don't want to give oh, too much away. I like, was told world. there would be no math in this. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Carry the one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah right. So, the square root of. Uh, I'll talk heard. about how we met. I remember, and correct me if my memory doesn't serve us correctly. So, I remember meeting you on the school bus, and uh, we were like, what, 10th grade, I think we were in, right? And so we had the same school route, uh, the bus route, I should say. So I remember seeing this long haired, you know, dark long haired Hesher (laughs) getting on the bus. Looked like he just got out of the shower about 20 minutes ago, hair all down your face, get on the bus, and like, and I, you know, I had kind of long hair at the time. And I was like, who's this dude? Never seen you before. You know, of course you were the new guy in town. And then, uh, I I don't really remember after that, like how we started talking necessarily, but we did.
0: I don't know, man. I, I can't like, so I was, yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. Like I, you know, what I remember of it is I don't actually remember the bus ride piece of that. I remember riding the bus to the school, but like, I didn't know anybody, right? So I was my sophomore year, which mm-hmm. for Ponderosa at the time, it was a three-year high school. So yeah, it was, it was 10th know, grade. 10th through 12th, right? Mm-hmm. And Which was weird for me because like, where I came from, high school was always a four-year deal, right? So I spent my freshman year in, in Illinois. And so I came out here and moved in with my mom. And I didn't really know anybody out here at all, right? So it was kind of starting all over again, which – With my backstory, like, that was actually probably a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it kind of let me have an opportunity to reinvent myself a little bit um, and kind of step away from what I was before, which wasn't necessarily like a bad boy thing or anything. It's just it gave me a chance. Like I said, I probably got worse out here than I was there. but. (laughs) (laughs) But, 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 you know, it it let me kind of step away and kind of break out of a, of a mold that I had been forced into and and didn't like. And so it gave me a chance, like I said, to come out here and be somebody different, be somebody that I wanted to be and not feel constrained by people who knew me from the past. So,
1: (laughs) well, I kind of felt, uh, since I did grow up out here and I had all these friends, um, you know, growing up, you know, from a certain age up to that point, let's say, when I met you, it was kind of the same thing, only with this one single person where you had it with everybody, you know, coming into a new town. You had all these new faces where here I am surrounded by familiar faces. And here's this one guy that I hadn't seen before. So when we started becoming friends, it was kind of cool because it was like, man, you know, like I get I get to start a new friendship with a guy I've never really actually grew up with and hung out with before so we we hit it off pretty quick we had the same you know uh likes as far as music goes and and that sort of thing and you know we kind of introducing each other into new realms of music and hanging out and of course you know the teenage years of rebellion and drinking and doing all the fun stuff you know like that but well, back then, like, it was
0: such a small town that I moved to, right? And not that I moved from a big one, but, like, it just was so small compared to what it is now, especially. that. Oh, yeah. I just yeah. remember that, like, everybody knew everybody, it seemed, and, that, like, that could be a really bad thing. Um, But I, I noticed that, like, for the most part, like, my experience was it was actually pretty good. Like, yeah, there were a couple people that, like, oh, you don't hang out with that person because – you know, it didn't fit into the right click or mold or whatever. Right. But, you know, for me, it was, it was an opportunity to kind of be like whatever I wanted. So like, when I got here, I was like, well, I'm going to play football mm-hmm. and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to let my hair grow out. And, I'm gonna do. and then I found out that those two universes really didn't overlap. Like there was no compatibility there. It's like, everybody wanted to keep you in your, in your pigeonhole. And, you know, I, uh, I've always in like, you know, I tell my kids this stuff now, like, you know, when they went to high school for the first day, I was like, all right, so here's what you're going to do, right? You're going to be open to new experiences. Don't force yourself to like a particular type of person because you don't know what kind of person you're going to be yet. So just, you know, kind of keep your mind open, find out what you like, what you don't like, and then gravitate towards that. And that's kind of like, you know, and, and all that came from my time going to, to Pondo, right? Like, you know, I got there. I was like, all right, well, I don't know what I want to be yet, but I know some of the stuff I want to do. So I'm going to go do those things. And that's, that's where I found out, like I said, everything was very compartmentalized, right? You yeah. were either this, or you were that, or you were this, or you were that. And there was no, yeah. it was in, tough, in man. Between. I mean, it
1: was really, you know, you were either, uh, you know, what, what, you know, the preppy guys, the jocks, you know, um, for those who don't know where we grew up, um, it was pretty, um, well off, you know, I wouldn't say everybody was totally rich, but um, there was a lot of money. And then, so you either were, um, you came from a, a decently, you know, a higher upper class or, or higher uh, family, or you were a poor kid. And if you're a poor kid, um, you had a real rough time because those other kids, in my opinion, looked down on us. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't say we were like in poverty or anything like that, but you know, I certainly personally was not driving my mom and dad's BMW to school, you know? And so you
0: know what? That bus was the BMW.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And the cool thing was back then we didn't have to pay to ride the bus. Kids now have to pay to ride the school bus. Can you believe that? That's insane. Yeah. That's that's
0: nuts. Well, so like, and I, so a couple things, right? Like I remember like, so you mentioned that like, you know, kids were either poor or they were, or they weren't right. Um, and, or they had money or they didn't. So w- where I went to school before that, it was the same dynamic. Like there was people who had money and people who didn't. The problem was, is that where I went to school, my dad did everything he could to put us into a private school because he wanted us to have a good education and he wanted us to, you know, have the things that he didn't have, right? Um, and I think that's probably at a root, like what every parent wants, right? But like the, the, the stink of it was, is that, I found out very quickly that in that school, there were no poor kids that, well, there was me, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was the poor kid. Right. And so that, that like became really apparent. And so like when I came out here, yeah, that, that dynamic was still there. There were kids with money and there were kids that didn't have money, but it was different for me because there were other kids who didn't have money. Yeah. So that gave me an actual opportunity to kind of expand and, and grow and as a person and start to, you know, find other people who were into things and similar to what I was into and that, you know, it, it wasn't so confining anymore because I wasn't, I wasn't the the black Swan, right. right. Like I was the, you know, it was kind of like one of a group of kids who were like me. Um, you know, I did notice too that like, even though there were some people with money, you know, that they weren't nice, you know, confined to their social constructs, right? Mm -hmm. So like, you know, there were kids with money who liked the same stuff that you and I did, right? And, you know, not as many, I would say, but there were some, you know? And uh, I think that for me, that was, like I said, it was a really big difference, you know, to where I came from. So like, I was all of a sudden- in a situation where I found myself flourishing and you know yeah. to some extent because like I was able to make friends that I wasn't able to make and, you know, where I came from. So, and you yeah. were one of those earlier ones that I ran into that like, wow, this is, this is cool. You know, like this is, and then I, you know, as, as our friendship grew, I found that like, okay, things are actually kind of starting to, I started to fall into that, that pigeonhole, right? <laughs> right. Like, <all> right <laughs> Back yeah, I do again. start to see like, you know, but at least I wasn't there alone at this point. Right. So I was like, all right, cool. If this is where I'm going to be, I can handle that because I'm not there alone. Right. So that was, again, that was a real big deal for me growing up.
1: So Yeah. I was going to say, um, when I first noticed people kind of crossing borders i guess these imaginary lines in the social construct was when metallica came out with injustice for all and i remember uh one of the balls you know in the city um going to the record store to pick up that cd and excuse me and i remember seeing the quote-unquote jock you know or the preppy guy looking at that cd and that you know as a kid you're like hey man this is my music you know what are you doing looking at this you know this is how dare you you know this is our realm you know kind of thing but you know as you grow older and you start realizing like man it's it's the artist you know the band is is speaking volumes to to many other people and and crossing barriers and it's kind of a cool thing now to, to realize that but you know back then as a uh immature you know teenager you're like hey man
0: how dare you and i yeah
1: i I mean i i kind of experienced a little bit of that too
0: with that same album right like because you know to me like i had a little bit different perspective on that though like i looked at it as like hey wait you guys already have everything else yeah exactly why you got to come after after this right like you know you know this is like the thing that The one thing I've got that you don't care about, right? That you can't go. You've been bashing us about exactly, and and the hypocrisy of it just was so pronounced to me, and I was like, you know, this is this is ridiculous, right? Like, I, I can't believe that, like. You Know the one thing that you've been ridiculing me for now, you want to capitalize yeah. on and call your own, and it like it kind of felt like a bit of an intrusion. I'm like, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> it did, man. Yeah, you know, why Why yeah. would you? And so, like, but what's funny is, is when I went to college later, you know, um, I hit, like Pantera, love Pantera, yeah. right? And uh, I went to, I went to, went to like one of my good buddies back in the time, Brian, that I went to class with, um, you know, he. He's like, oh, I, I I can't stand Pantera. And I'm like, why? You know, like, Pantera is great, right? Like, and he's like, well, because, like, you know, from one second, he's like, and then the next thing he's, oh, I love you. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, well, wait a minute. And, and this is where, like, and this is where I kind of, like, to your point earlier about the Metallica realm, right? Like, going back to Injustice for All, like. I started to realize that, okay, well, wait a minute, maybe people are more complicated than just base layer feelings, right? And so that's where like I kind of woke up until I said, well, you know, but just because I'm angry sometimes doesn't mean I'm angry all the time. And just because I'm happy sometimes or feeling rotten sometimes doesn't mean it's always that way. Why, why should my art form or an art form that I like be so confined and constrained down to just the one feeling that's all yeah. you're ever allowed to have. And, and, and looking back at it now, I, I start to realize that I don't think those kids that, you know, were jocks or whatever, were trying to take something from me, but maybe they
1: were trying to tap into something that they were feeling too, from time to time. Yeah, exactly. They could, uh, they could relate to the emotion that the music was uh, allowing them to have. And, and it's, uh, you know, I'm a, an expression of music of course and so you know i think music obviously transcends um a lot of uh barriers and it's cool you know I'm, i've been uh listening to a lot of different styles of music um you know, I'm, I'm still not into like R&B necessarily, but I will check out certain, you know, stuff there. I I, I love R&B away. now, man. I love to turn it off every time it comes on. <laughs> right. No, I've, but I've been listening to some country, some rock country, I guess. Um, a lot of artists out there that I feel are pretty much like kind of outlaw. And I, and I, I kind of relate to that stuff. And, uh, so you know, I'm not like I, I've never been into the bubblegum rock or the bubblegums, you know, so to speak, uh, country. So you got to kind of look for it on these streaming services now, and you'll, you'll find it. But it's some really good stuff out there, um, in my opinion. So, so like what, like so? Because
0: I I've noticed that this is kind of where, and I think maybe you just touched on it a little bit, but this is what I've noticed as far as music styles and things like that are concerned, is that. Like, it's really changed, I think. Um, and kind of the same thing that we are talking about, right? Like, you know, kids that were, you know, starting to expand their horizons, starting to, you know, acknowledge that there's other art forms out there, other music out there that they could tap into and feel different things. I think that that has transcended into other areas and other forms of, of music, right? So when you talk about like, like, I don't know what to call it, like, you know, like today's country music is not the country music that i think you and i looked at as not really liking back in high school and i think the reason for that is because they've been influenced by some of the heavier elements right and so when i listen to like because i and i i don't go out of my way to listen to this stuff because i'm not a huge country fan but you know when i hear it i hear it differently than i did when i was a kid it wasn't the old twang that like you had Mm. where like i listen to country and western right like you know it it's now like this stadium rock feel almost to you know but with that that country element to it but it's no longer i think and i think it's transformed over time as other influences has cre- crept into country music um so it's not it, i think it has more of a rock feel
1: to it yeah there's definitely i think what the appeal is for me like um you know Brantley Gilbert for instance, um, there's an attitude there, right? That's kind of the, the middle finger in the air. Um, you know, there's a lot of that kind of rebellious, you know, attitude towards, the, you know, whatever. And, you know, maybe it's the establishment or just, you know, Hey, this is who I am. If you don't like it, F you kind of thing. And so I can relate to that. And he's got some good tunes. Um, this guy in particular is exploding, um, now, and I may be late to the party. Um, but Yeah, I've just kind of discovered him recently. I'd say within the last year, but it's funny too because you could look at him and he kind of looks like a rocker. Yeah, I mean he's he's got some muscles. He's all tatted up. You know, so it's not your it's not your daddy's country. You know for sure, like you're saying, it's not definitely. And and I like I said, I mean I think like
0: again, it's it's transformed over time, and I think a lot of that just has to do with the fact that again, like. There has been so much cross pollination between different genres of music that, yeah. you know, I think that was kind of an inevitability, right? And I, I see it actually will probably, here in the future, start to, to kind of, to kind of separate itself again. I think um, because, like. I think it's a pendulum, right? Like, you know, so like influences are going to to come in and then mm-hmm. I think some of those influences are going to be like, hey, wait a minute, you know, we're sounding too much like something else, right? Mm-hmm. And so we want to kind of reclaim what we were, whether that's country, rock, whatever, right? You know, R&B, you know, it, it, I think that at some point in time, we'll see that. I don't think we're there yet, um, but I think we'll start to see like, hey, you know, remember when country used to sound like country music, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that there will be, somebody looking back at it. And the the funny part about it too, is it'll always be their interpretation of what they thought it was. So, you know, Oh, I think this is what it was. And it'll become kind of a caricature of what it used to be. But I think it will start to go that way. And I think we see, In culture in general, some of that happening now, not necessarily with music per se, but in other areas like, you know, you have to be this, you have to be that. And, you know, it's okay to be this weird thing or be this, you know, this specialized thing, but you have to accept me for whatever that is. Right. So I I see kind of culturally we're starting to divide in a lot of ways that I think are unhealthy.
1: Yeah. It's huge Um, politically, you know, obviously this political atmosphere that we're in. You know, it's, it's, you're either this side or that side. And if you're not this side, then we hate you. You know, there is no, like, what about the middle? Like, what if you're just kind of like, well, I agree with some of what you're saying. And I agree with some of what he's saying, you know, like, I don't think everything is a hundred percent one way or the other, you know, it's kind of this divided country is it's, you know, I know a lot of people know it, they feel it, they see it, um, you know, I've, I've been there, I'm there, you know, off and on, but you know, I have my own beliefs, but of course I'm not trying to go out and, and say, this is the way it's going to be. You know, it's just like the music, right? You, you like what you like. Nobody's going to tell you different. It's kind of up to you to figure it out. You may discover things, you know, based on what other people have brought to the table, but you're going to decide ultimately what you like. And that is, you know, musically politically. I mean, it's like individually, that's where we all s- kind of stand, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think we're coming to a point where like the loudest voices in the room
0: are the ones that are being heard. And they're usually the the stupidest voices in the room no. is what I've discovered. Right. Like, and it doesn't mean that they're stupid people. it It's just that their positions are so staked out, so rigid and unwilling and inflexible to move. Right. That, you know, we, and, and I guess that's how I'm interpreting stupid here. Right. Under this context is that, you know, you get a, a bunch of people who, you know, this is the way it has to be. If you see it any differently than me, then that's unacceptable, right? Whether that's on the right, the left, or whatever, right? And I think you're speaking to a piece of of the way I feel it, to a certain extent. Is is that look? You know, like I don't hate anybody, right? Generally speaking, you know, and I didn't hate anybody back then. And then, like again, tying it back to like when we were kids, right? Like I didn't hate anybody back then. I just didn't like the fact that somebody would would take something that meant something so much to me and twist it into something that it wasn't. And I think like, I am probably not alone in feeling that way. And I feel kind of the same way culturally now, like we are twisting ourselves into something that isn't natural. It doesn't feel right. And I think Mm. the majority of the people in the country kind of feel that way, but from a day-to-day standpoint, it doesn't impact their lives. So therefore like, you know, oh, I can kind of get by without really paying it much attention, right? And then all of a sudden it hits them in the face. And, you know, this whole Bud Light stuff is is an example of that. Yeah. Where now it's hitting them in the face, and now they can't back away from it. They can't, they have to, they're forced to address it at this point because it's, it's a key piece of, you know, what it is that they do on a day-to-day basis. So now it's in their face every day. And I think that there's a, a feeling that, like, well wait a minute i'm not playing for red team i'm not playing for blue team i'm just trying to do what i think is the right thing here and i think that your point is is that there's nuance to everything and that i can like you even though we don't agree on everything i can really hate some of the things that you you like right i don't like r&b but i, hey, think I don't either man. Relax, i think you know, no. but, I th- <laughs> but i think that there's probably a whole bunch of people that I would like who like and B <laughs> exactly, you know, and I think that as as Americans, right, that we need
1: to to find that again as a as a society. That's what bothers me too. Is you know, it's tying that back into the um, you know adolescence and in that that world in high school where it's either you know you you look and sound like these people or those people hate you. And here we are again, you know, in society where it's I feel like you know, so many people are like, you're either pro this or else. And, you know, you get canceled or you get, you know, whatever. And it's kind of like, it's the same thing. I feel like it's a bunch of bullies and you know, me, you know, I've, I've been anti-bully my whole life. You know, it's like, I, I feel, you know, like it's just, it just, it rubs me the wrong way. It's uh, something I despise. You know, I don't feel like people should be cramming things down your throat. They you know, certainly should be able to express their opinions. But if you don't agree with them, fine. You know, I don't agree with you. You don't agree with me. But like you're saying to your point, we can, we can still go out and have a beer. You know, maybe it's not a Bud Light. Maybe, you know, or maybe it is, you know, I don't care. I really don't care. Right. And
0: and I'll be honest. I,
1: my, my wife likes
0: Bud Light. I drink it with her, you know, like, because quite honestly, like she's my best friend, right? Like she's the, the, you know, the, the, person that i you know found who could accept me for everything that i am that's wrong in the world (laughs) like you know so and i don't profess to be a perfect person but i guess the thing that i see here most is is that and why i think that this conversation's like really resonating for me is is that it's it's crazy how simple and childlike are our culture is becoming in the way that we are thinking today. Yeah. You know, we are going, and this is why I said this about the music stuff too, where I see it will start to compartmentalize because that's what's happening in our culture today. It's compartmentalizing and we're going back into high school clicks. Only we're doing it at such a macro level that like, you know, it has significantly greater impacts on our, like, you know, we're no longer dealing with children. Right. So, you know, in school you would get into a fight and that would be the end of it, right? Now those fights are more pronounced and they, you know, can but not always end up in, you know, in bloodshed and, and you know, and, and or worse. And I think that when like today, like when you see children who are growing up in this culture and they're seeing that adults behave in this manner, you wonder why there's problems at schools with yeah, shootings, right? Yeah. And and why the bullying thing is more pronounced than ever because they're they're emulating what their parents are doing and their parents are behaving like immature children, yeah. right? Who never grew up. And it's, it's hard to fight those base, I think, those base feelings that everyone has. Like, you know what? You just cut me off
1: and I'm pissed, right? Well, and you, you said something too, like back in the day, you know, in school or whatever, you'd get in a fight and it would be over. Whereas now, like- nobody's actually fighting there's there's violence don't get me wrong but like you know to to get to your point i think is back then guys would knuckle up throw punches you know fisticuffs and they would you know beat the crap out of each other one guy would prevail one guy would lose you know maybe it was a tie and they would have respect for each other if not you know i mean enough respect to at least say you know you don't have to like that guy but you know what he did what he did. I did what I did. We'll go our separate ways today. There's so much of this, you know, technology and everything where everybody's on the keyboard and they're talking crap to this and to that. Nobody's paying the real consequence of mouthing off to somebody because they're not in the same room with that person. You know, there's no opportunity to go over there and, and, you know, you could be real brave over a keyboard, right? But you get you know, the closer you get to that person, the quieter you become, you know?
0: Well, and I think, too,
1: that, like, you know,
0: so it's a good point, right? And I think that, you know, so the ability to to hide behind the keyboard or hide behind the screen, right? But, but it, it goes deeper than that, too, I think. You know, like, before, you know, your buddies would pick you up if you lost, right? Right. You know? Yeah. Um, but there's always usually somebody there, too, to separate it. Before it got too bad. Right? True. Yeah.
1: Nobody's shooting each other and well, stabbing and, each other.
0: And today, I think like the problem is, is that like instead of you know having people who are willing to stop the fight, instead you get the you know everybody's got their little echo chamber now, and so you have got people who are encouraging that yeah. that behavior, right? And because I don't have to actually face the people that you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. So now I can, I can say the things I want to say. I'm going to have all the people in my echo chamber championing that, that mentality and it amplifies. And then like I said, and if you think that's not twisting the minds of kids today and that's where they're actually having to go and be in the situation. And this is part of what I did with my kids. I said, look, you know, I know you want to go to school online. COVID did that for my kids for a little bit. You know, they were like, Hey, I kind of like the online school thing. I don't have to deal with the school environment. But the reason that I, I resisted, you know, taking them out of school and and putting them into an online or you know at home study school, was because part of of being a, a well rounded individual is being able to social. deal with those social aspects yeah. to you know, be in, in the presence of other people who don't necessarily like you or don't necessarily, you know, see the world yeah. the way you see it. Learning and, social skills <laughs> and, and be able to deal with that. Right? right. Like nothing, there is no substitute for that. And I think when we, everyone hides behind their keyboards all the time, right. That like, it becomes very easy for them to to have that little safe space that nobody ever penetrates. And, and it, and when it does happen, it feels that much more, and I'll tie it back to the way I felt about Metallica, right? Like, you know, it feels that much more like, hey, this is my thing, and you're you're either crapping on it or you're stealing it, or you know. But but I I got to face those things when I was younger because I'd be like, hey, what the hell are you doing, right? And then that's when I started to realize that these are people too who, you know, again, it took me some years to to put behind that and some actual growing up and maturing. To start to realize, that, okay, maybe these people
1: are more nuanced than what I wanted to give them credit for when I was in school. Right? And that whole, you know, uh, online stuff, uh, you know, everybody's on the keyboard and they're putting their two cents in. Everybody has a voice. Everyone has an opinion. But there's all the likes, right? Look, all the likes. And you get the, the hits. And you're thinking, man, you know what am I gonna post next? Is this one gonna top the last whatever posts and I get more likes, you know? So it's, yeah, that echo chamber and it keeps going and going and going. before you know it, you don't even realize you're addicted to it, you know?
0: And then there's the opposite of that too. And we've dealt with some of this in my family, right? That Like, you know, it's all the dislikes too. They can tear you down and it it becomes very Mm -hmm. real for a kid who's trying to just figure themselves out, right? And, you know, like, Is uh, So when I moved here, right? Like I said, I was able to reinvent myself. I I had a chance to to kind of step away from who I was. I had an opportunity. I had a clean slate to be able to do that. Can't do that now. Yeah, this is all pre-internet too. Well, that's my point. Like everyone has a social presence now and you can never escape it. And that's a huge deal because like, you know, you say the one thing, getting back to your cancel comment, right? You say the one thing that, you weren't really thinking through at the time 10 years ago and it's, and it was, and it's recorded forever. Mm -hmm. You know, there's some stuff that I said that like that myself today looks back at and go, (laughs) what on earth were you thinking? Right. Like that isn't who you are. You never were. Why would you say some of the dumb stuff
1: that you said back then? Right. And it's like, well, you know, well, that's where like, people don't have any grace anymore either. You know, I mean, it's, it's really hard to find, you know, like you hear all these, uh, these celebrities or comedians, let's say, who have to apologize. They feel like they have to apologize for something they said in a, in a bit 10 years ago or, you know, whatever. And it's like, wh- you're, you're apologizing. Why? Because you don't want to get canceled. You want to continue on making all the money you're making and you want to, you know, you want to keep stepping forward in, in that realm. And if not, the threat is you're going to, you know, you're not going to have the Netflix special. If you, you know, if you just apologize, you know, you know, there's a whole army of guys behind that person going, Hey man, look, this just popped up. Um, you're, you're getting a lot of, uh, negative comments on it. So here's our plan. Why don't you go out publicly apologize, tell everybody that that's not who you are anymore, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I use comedians because comedians are saying stuff that doesn't necessarily mean that's what they truly believe. They're making fun of things, right? They're making fun of whatever the situation is or circumstances, and they're poking holes in it, making fun of it. And sometimes it will offend people. And that's where I have a problem is like people get offended. And now you have to apologize to all these babies. In my opinion, you know, these big cry babies, you know, You're offended. Okay, you're offended. Well, I mean, the comedians
0: are tough. That's like a whole separate thing. And and the reason I see that is because, like, I I think most good comedians, they just hold up a mirror to the
1: world. Exactly. And then they say, hey,
0: look how goofy we are as people. Like, just people in general. Humanity is kind of an awkward, weird thing if you sit there and think about it for, like, I mean, think about the way you come into the world. Squishy, gross, <laughs> ugh, right? What an unclean way of being, right? It's kind of the same way you go out, <laughs> but exactly, right? Squishy <laughs> things coming out of things that aren't spe- and it, wrinkled, it, squishy, and but gross. it's it's gross, right? Like it's it's a but that's that is actually kind of what makes people so cool, right? Is is it's not their. They're perfect characteristics that makes a person interesting, I think. I think yeah. what makes a person interesting is the, you know, their imperfections. They're, you know, the and the fact that we all come in just in a just violently gross way, right? Um, <laughs> which is like, you know, everyone wants to pretend that like, oh, you know, I am I'm this perfect thing, right?
1: Yeah. I, I hate to inform you, but so you their know, mom busts out a baby picture, you know, so well, and, and it's hey, look at you things, when you right? were four. Remember when you were doing this? <laughs> well, and, and moms back in the
0: day, like you know, they made fun of your stuff, right? Like you know, they laughed at those things, and it taught you humility, right? That you can laugh at your baby picture because you know what,
1: you were you were just cute. You had no control kid. over that situation,
0: yeah. right? And that is often the case, right? Like you know, so. I, I think that like and again, like when when comedians hold up that mirror, it forces people to look at just how silly
1: humans so are. So I don't want to name names, but I was just listening to somebody else's podcast recently, and he brought up something that I've actually thought about. This person was talking about how when he looks at somebody, he sees that person as a child. And I've done that too, where like I in the past have thought about, you know, like the guys I'm with and, and, you know, let's say, you know, you and I become friends and, and, you know, we met at a certain age. Right. But I'm like, what was Jay like when he was four years old? You know, would we have been buddies at four years old? You know? So I look at people like that the people I know, and I'm like, wow, you know, Michael, man, what was he like when he was, you know, a toddler, you know? Cause I, I know this guy, Michael, and, and I know what he's like as an adult and he's awesome but to see that ch- cute little chubby guy, you know, <laughs> well, I think everybody <laughs> you know, at that age, climbing up on the cabinets, getting into the cookies. What are you doing, Michael?
0: Yeah. I think, you, I, I think at
1: that age though, man,
0: you, you have to like, at a, at a four year old, right? Like, you know, and I get your point, but like, you know, we are conditioned to be something, uh, you know, that we aren't out of the gate, right? Our, our experiences make us who we are, you know? And, the cool part about being four is you don't have any experiences. So everything is new (laughs) and cool and you're all experiencing it together. And it's like, right on, everybody loves this because, Hey, guess what? Right. Like, you know, there's no hate there. Uh, You know, that has to be, that has to be taught. Right. You know, and I, I, I feel like we're at this weird place in society right now where like, how do and I, I think we're struggling with as a society because people don't want to give into their base hate feelings, right? Like I don't want to hate anyone, right? I may not agree with you, but that doesn't mean I hate you. Hate, yeah, you know, that's right? a strong I, term, man. It is, and I think that I know. Do I think that hate? Of course, right? Like you know, there's a lot of people out there who just, you know, they have that in their heart, right? And and again, I don't think it was there when they were born. I think it, it was conditioned into them. And right. now it's, it's part of who they are at their core and they can't
1: upbringing it somehow well, and
0: bad parenting. Maybe. Whatever, right. Or, or you know, who knows whatever the circumstances were. Right. But like, you know, I think that like, you know, when I look for my better angels, if you will, right. Like, you know, I look at like, why do I feel the way I feel, you know, is it because I don't like what they're doing or is it because of, you know, I don't like who they are. Right. And so, Personally, I find myself more often than not saying, I don't even know that person. I've never met him. Totally. How can I hate this yeah. person? I don't even know. Well, him, right? I've
1: come from a place of like, if I'm disliking somebody, right. I don't want to say hate, but if I'm coming from a place of dislike, I'm, I try to look at it from, is it my ego? Like, did my ego just get bruised? And is that the real reason I look at this person, the way I'm looking at him, like, Ugh, you know, because maybe they did something or said something to me that, that challenged me egotistically, you know? And that's a, that's something I've had to kind of dwell on. Not that I'm a big ego guy, but it's like, you know, I think I've gone through life, uh, you know, in the younger version of myself thinking this is the way it's going to be. This is the way I need to be. And if not, uh, right. And then somebody says something against the grain, you know, in, in my opinion and the way I see things. And I'm like, I don't like that person. And it comes from a place of ego, you know? So Uh, definitely, Uh, I can see that too.
0: And, you know, I just, uh, to me, like I said, you know, I I think that again, when I, when I think about like what I, what I experience, who I run into, who I talk to on a day-to-day basis, right. You know, I, I try to keep an open mind. I try to just be, pleasant. Right. You know, even in in times where like, I don't want to, because there are those times, right. Like, you know, you're just kind of like having a crap day. It's not good. You know, am I going to take out my crap on somebody else? Right. And again, I think like we find ourselves in a situation where again, like it's easy again, tying it back to some of those echo chamber things, right. Like It's easy to feed on that and say, you know what? Cause I'm going to have these people say, yeah, go get them. Right. Um, And I think that's easy to fall into. Right. You know? And so again, like it becomes all these teams versus other teams. Right. And you know, well, my team is doing this and, and I just, I, it, it feels like we're regressing in as a society towards those high school compartmentalization, you know, this or you're that. And like i said i I kind of talked about that with the music stuff too right like i feel like it's probably going to work its way there right because that seems to be what we're doing right now as a society like you know we we're regressing back to you know where we and there's a a song called high school never ends it's hilarious um but you should look it up it's it's for by a band called bowling for soup and uh i I might have that wrong but uh, i'll look it up later but but the point (laughs) is is that like you know it's hilarious because you know All the things that you thought that you were getting away from and you were happy to get away from when you left high school, I start to see those things kind of, you know, manifesting in the real world environment. And I think it's because, again, like we as a society, we're sitting here looking at things going, well, you know, this is my team, this is your team, us versus them on every aspect of it, you know. You're a jock, you're a nerd, you're a whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And so here we are, we're finding ourselves back into the same stupid hole that we all hated in high school. Yeah. And we're trying to fight that saying, I'm not that, but man, for not being that, we sure acted like it a lot. Yeah, right? for sure.
1: Yeah. It's pretty crappy, man. I mean, some of the worst years of my life, I would say personally, were in high school. I just hated it. You know, I was, you know, you know my story, but you know, it, it's like I was on my own I was dealing with a lot of the crap in school, those personalities. And then, like you said, you get out of school and you move on with your life. And then one day you wake up and it seems like you're back in that circle again. You know, like what's going on here? You know, and that's where I, I think you have a great attitude on how you handle your day to day stressors or, you know, whatever it is you're encountering out there with people for, you know, different views, you know, just treating people with respect is key and not coming from a place of ego like i was saying uh second so ago. you know i mean the, uh, the the road rage thing is a big one you know these guys it's it's the same thing as uh puffing up your chest you're know, you know getting all you know macho on a guy it's like well you puff up your chest and i puff up my chest i don't think this is going to end peacefully right so you know you could you could it, it all depends on how you react you know you got a guy yelling and screaming at you and you look over at them and go, Hey, you okay? You know, rather than AFU, you know, back at them, you know, it's, it's not going to get you anywhere that way. You'd be like, Hey, it's going to be okay, man. It's all right.
0: Well, you and, know, I'm sorry. You know, I, mean, I apologize.
1: I mean. if I cut you off, it's, it's okay.
0: Well, and that's the oh. funny thing too. Like, you know, I, I've made mistakes in my car, right? Like, you know, and, like, did I do that on purpose? No. Did I want to hurt anybody? No. Did I, you know, accidentally hurt somebody? That's
1: why they're called accidents, yeah. um, you know, but well, speaking of which you and I both have a, an old high school friend who's serving a life prison sentence for his road rage but decision
0: because he, you know, and again, this is where I come back to like, you get to choose, right? Yes. You get to, and like, you know, in those moments, it's easy to lose control. right? right? exactly. You know, and that's, that's the thing It's taken me a lot of time to, to really sit down and go, why am I so angry at everything? Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, i mean and i don't think there's one thing right like oh if i could just fix this everything's going to be cool right no i I think it took a lot of just examination of who i am Uh, growth maturity well and and having a the maturity level right to, to sit back and go okay you're an idiot right you are the one who is the problem here right and and Owning it, and nobody wants to own their issues anymore. So it becomes very easy for everybody else. To say, well, everybody else has to fix this or fix that, and then everything will be perfect, you know. And and I think that's why we're distorting ourselves all over the place, trying to figure out like, well, how can we be that for that person to make them happy, right? And the, the fact of the matter is, is that the flaw is there in them. The flaw is in us, right? There's no such thing as perfect. Now, does that mean we get the ability and the right to go around treating people like garbage? I I sure hope not. I hope that's not the way people, but it feels that way sometimes. So I try to step back and go like, all right, wait. If the problem is me, if I always start with me, right? Not, to, I mean, this is kind of the other side of ego, right? Right. But it, but if I if I start with me and I say, okay, what can I fix in me to try to be not more accommodating? but just not so aggressively in people's face about stuff, right? Like this is not, yeah. you know, I don't have to, I can choose, you know, to, to, to behave in a way that is consistent with the way I would want to be treated, you know? And, you know, I think that everybody's viewpoint is valid. So how do I entertain, you know, that the folks that have a perspective, perspective on life that is different than my own
1: and, you know, is core to who they are. And that's right? the trick though. I mean, if you, uh, are considering, you know, everybody's, you respect the fact that everybody's opinion matters. Everybody's point of view, you know, is, is, it holds water. But at the same time, if nobody gives you accountability for y- your beliefs and your, your, uh, you know, point of view, then you're stuck with, either accepting that and going, you know what? That's still not my problem, right? Or taking the ego trip and going, well, now I need to be heard, now I need to be seen. And there is a fine line there, you know, like you got to you got to come across, I think, to some point like my points are valid to a degree. Now, you don't have to agree with everything, but, you know, if if I'm always being dismissed as, yeah, yeah, whatever, you don't count, you don't count, you don't count. That that starts to tend to wear you down and put uh, chinks in the armor and before you know it you're angry well and again I'm like, I' like
0: I think that this is again where I come back down to you like you know what have I discovered over you know in me right because I can't fix everybody I can only fix me so what I've discovered at least for me is is that it comes back down to the individual not me, everyone else. And how am I treating that person? Right. And this is I think that societally we're falling into this trap where like, you know, again, red team, blue team, whatever team you want, right. To call your team is, you know, we, we're grouping everybody together and we're disregarding the individual. Yeah. So, you know, how to treat you individually as a, as somebody who has worth somebody who has value, somebody who, you know, even though i don't agree with you on everything or even a lot of things right or maybe i agree with you on most things you still have value and you know we want to lose that as a as a society it seems like at times because it makes it easier for me to argue my points and be yeah. right you know so you have to be wrong in order for me to be right and if you're not wrong all of a sudden i have to look at myself and go well crap
1: yeah, there's right. a lot of de- dehumanization going on, you know, when you can put people in these boxes, you don't even see them as human any longer and you, it's really easy to dismiss them or get rid of them and you know, I think that's exactly what started happening in uh, Nazi Germany, you know, when they when they were able to do that as a society and you know, starting with the government and working its way down, it's like, hey, this group of people they don't matter they don't count their opinions are worthless and now they're dehumanized their voices are shut down and <clears throat> that's where it's really dangerous you know when when people get shut down and they don't get a chance to speak they have no v- validity you know well 100% right and you know
0: so how do we stop that from happening and and you know i think it's a it's a very i think it has to be a very individualized thing you know, again, as long as we are willing to put people into groups, whether they're the right groups or wrong groups, yeah. I, I self-identify as part of that group, right? As long as we're we're trying to pick teams, then by its nature, we're trying to win, and I don't think that that should be our goal. I, I think, you know, it's it's funny because coming from a corporate culture, right? It it's it's interesting to see how. Everybody, when I go to work, right, has their individual goals that they want to accomplish for that day, whatever it might be, right? But I think inherently everybody kind of understands that like the way this is going to work is everybody kind of has to be pulling together. So we have to be willing to, to I have to be willing to to let you succeed over me sometimes and you need to be willing to give me the space to have my own ability to influence where things are going, Right. And, and it's in that way that we will succeed as a team, right. As a, as a collective, right. Um, but, and I think that's more like where we should be striving to be is, is, are we a collective, right. Of people who are made up of individuals that everybody's individually really, 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 really matters. Right. But, you know, are we collected together and, and pulling together as that group instead of teams within that? right because now when you have teams okay yeah you line up really close to the way i am and we're gonna go fight the other people mm. and, that are we'll in our same work society them and, yeah, yeah and, and i think that has to change like otherwise you know we end up in this situation where and now where everybody you know is collectively well not collectively everybody's pitted against one another and it tears us part at the feet, at the fabric of of who we are yeah. as a culture and it, you know i look back and i think it's a, it's a terrible shame and, and you know you mentioned nazi germany it's exactly. Exactly what they did, right? Like they said, okay, well, you know, we don't like them for whatever it is, right? You know, them is the enemy. And so therefore we have to build us against them in order to, you know, to establish it. And and when you create that environment and that that atmosphere, that allows you to then dehumanize people and yeah. say, you know what? And, and my echo chamber back then, right? You same know. thing is going to reinforce everything I believe, right? Cause guess what, right? They're all on my side for now. And so you're and not, yeah.
1: They're all patting you on the back for repeating and the so same they come for me. Right. Yeah. But, you know, but the point
0: being is, is that like, you know, I think that, that we've lost the fact that what makes America great makes America great. And our country great is that we are a collective of individuals and we are losing sight of that we've lost sight of that now we're just a bunch of factions within a exactly a, within a, a geographical
1: location right and, and that i think is what's tearing us apart yeah we have a you know there's there's a lot of tribalism going on and i, I i'm not necessarily against that i think that's natural it's kind of ingrained in our dna you know y- you get a group you know, small group of people, they, they work together, they, for the same common goal. And then you have multiple little spots like that, that are doing it. But as a country, as a whole, that's how we should be coming together is like, what's our goal here? You know, like, do we want to, do we want to be the top dog on the planet? Do we, you know, like, I think we've lost our way a long time ago and we started bullying other countries into what we want them to be. And, you know as a collective now we're we're just rotting from the inside out you know it's kind of like we're so at each other's throats that we're not even a like really i mean we're not i I don't want to say we're not a country anymore but we're not the country we once were you know let's say you know 60 70 years ago you know obviously it's changed so much now that it's
0: <laughs> but but I will say that we have the capacity to be that though, like that's the one fundamentally cool thing about being here in the United States is that, you know, we can we can make the mistakes we're making right now and learn from them and correct right? it, and and that's the idea, right? Like you know, I, I had this guy I worked with once, and uh, he was funny because like. He's talking about his kids, you know, looking at their cell phone and stuff. He's like, sometimes you just got to let them walk into the wall to realize that 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 hurts, right? Like that, you know, if I'd have just been looking up, right, I wouldn't have hit that wall. And he said, I saw him walking towards it. And (laughs) and I, I could have said something. But they wouldn't have learned that lesson, right? And, you know, I I knew they weren't going to damage themselves to a point where they were severely hurt, but they would get the message, right? So sometimes you got to let them walk into the wall. And I think that's what we're doing right now is we are walking into a considerable amount of walls because we're dealing with things now that we haven't had to deal with in the past. The ability for you and me right here to reach the entire planet, uh, you know, on this little podcast, right? You know, with our our tens of fans, right? (laughs) You know, it is is incredible right like it's a power that no one's had before so we're walking into walls left right and center because mm-hmm. you know and and the worst part about it is is that as we're figuring our way out in this in this toddler stage that we're in as a society you know in our newfound power right you know, we're turning on each other, and we're using that newfound power for bad, not good, right? And in a lot of ways, and I think that's because we haven't matured to a point where we know how to use it in a way that's constructive, so that that collective is is made stronger, right? So instead, right now, it's it's fracturing us. Yeah. We find a way to 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 heal those fractures, and and it's going to create some big wounds. And we've had as a history of ours, as a, as a society, you know, in a culture here in the United States is is that we've got some serious to this day, you know, scars that are there, but the scars are who we are. And that defines us. And we shouldn't be afraid of those scars. Right. And we shouldn't demonize each other for those scars either, because as ugly as they might be, we wouldn't be here now if we hadn't, if we hadn't earned those scars. Right.
1: Yeah. You know, it's weird too because, as you're saying that, I'm thinking. You know, when does it end? You know, I mean, we are constantly, and I don't mean just us as a country, but as as a, on the world stage, all of us are just constantly fighting for power, political power, world dominance. This person needs to be thrown out of uh, you know out of office, and this that. It's just like okay. So what if what if You succeed, you know, what if, you know, like the U S succeeds in getting Putin out, then what, you know, now, now you create a vacuum, you know, I mean, it's like, it never ends. It's just, but there's, there's this misnomer. Well,
0: that's exactly right though. Like there's no, there is no end, right? So how do you win? Well, you don't win.
1: Well, that's where I'm going with this. It's like, so as, as a human race, it's like, we all need to change and realize that what we're doing is, is not working yeah it's not working. there is no like well, if I do this no but everything's I would argue gonna be that good it's working i I think that like you know here's the thing right like I would argue it
0: is working just it it's a it's an evolutionary growth stage, right and we are in that stage where like my knees hurt, my back hurts because I'm growing so fast so quickly. And I don't fully understand the changes that are happening in my body right now as a collective, right? Like we don't fully understand and comprehend. We've we got a lot of smart people, right? But I think that emotional maturity yet, that emotional intelligence, as it's referred to, as isn't there yet, right? Like we, mm-hmm. you know, we're still walking into walls as a as a society, right? Because we're now dealing with things that we've never had to deal with before. I talk about my kid to my kids all the time, where I tell them, "Hey, look, you know." You were, I thought I had it bad. Oh my God. Like the things you have to deal with, right? Like, and I was, (laughs) this'll, this'll tell you how innocent I was maybe growing up, but I didn't, I didn't know about lesbians until I was high school. Right. The the fact that people could be gay wasn't something I ever experienced before until Mm. I was in high school. You know, kids are learning that stuff. Now they're younger Mm. and younger age, right? It's freaky. Now, whether it's right or whether it's wrong is irrelevant. They're learning it at a younger and younger age. And so we're now having to adapt, right? And as a society, as a culture, as a species, we're having to adapt to something earlier and earlier and earlier in ways that we haven't had to deal with before. And with that come those growing pains. So I yeah. think the good news is at least, though, I again, I have to look at that world glass half full because that's just who I am, right? So I think that we will eventually get through this and we will look at this time one way or another. I don't know how it's gonna end, but I think we'll look at it much the way we do when we look back at slavery and go, How could we have been so stupid?
1: Exactly. Right? That's how I see it but, too. But
0: I, I don't know what the inevitable outcome of this is, right? I I hope that the respect for the individual is at the core of what we do, because as a collective, we can't succeed if we don't take care of the people at the individual level. What does that person need? It doesn't mean that we give them everything. That's not my point. My point is, is that we need to, we need to support that person so that they can become what they need to become to make themselves feel valued
1: and to have worth. Yep. Good point, man. Um, my, Real quick, before we wrap this up, I was just going to say my biggest uh, fear as a whole for the human race is that we just, you know, we get to the brink and we destroy everything, you know, uh, through war. And then there's a small group of uh, humans left on the planet and they realize the mistakes that were made. And, you know, here we go. Okay, we want to rebuild society. We want to reproduce and let's do it right this time. And as time goes on, we forget Right, And we repeat the same mistakes over and over again. I mean, this could have happened, you know, many times before we just don't know it. You know what I mean? And so here we are like, again, you know, some weird sci-fi stuff going on now. But so there's, there's a movie that you're making me think of right now. It's
0: called sphere. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen her. No, but um, we, we could talk about it later. I'll let you watch it. Cause I think that like, before I go much further into it because it very much touches at the core of what I think you're talking about. And I think that, Um, And I I think we're seeing this now a little bit play out Um, and, you know, it's, it's why the red cell to me, it comes back to the red blood cell, right? That's what we all have coursing through our veins. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter who you are. Everybody has those same cells. Right. And, you know, and the point being is, is that when we get down to it, we're all the same, Right. Even though we're all uniquely and distinctly individuals, right? Like we all still have the same base desires to be accepted, to be loved, to be to care for others and have others care for us. Um, and the only thing that can ever change that is if we choose to stop listening to it or to ourselves and choose to ignore those feelings right that allow us to kind of contort ourselves into being able to and capable of doing some of the monstrous things that that we've done as a society you know not just the united states but just as a human species right so that's the thing and i think that like i said we are continuously evolving and i think we're continually growing as people and, and as again as as a species and i think that we are now we're just not very good at doing it quickly right and i think we we adapt fast enough but but there's a piece that like you know while that adaptation is occurring that we're going to experience some significant pain you know and the the worry i've got is is the the inability to forgive to to accept people's failures right as they look to try to be better people then and this is just the way i have to look at the world this way man just because like i don't want to live in a world that doesn't operate this way right so you know i i I hope that you know as a society that we can continue to have the grace that you talked about earlier to forgive the people their misdeeds their misjudgments their missteps because we all make them you know now it just seems like it's all on a big public stage whenever it happens and you know i fell down once in front of a group of people and everybody laughed and it hurt but it was over now it lives forever uh, you know, on the internet. So, so when that happens, right? That's where I I have to say, okay, I know that's going to live forever, and that's okay as long as I'm willing to learn from it, and as long as I'm willing to accept that it was something that happened, and it doesn't define me. Yeah, and I'm okay. You know, and then I think we can move forward from there. Right on, man. So, brother, man, I love having these conversations with you. So. Yeah,
1: It's awesome.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, thank you guys for uh, tuning in to the Red Cell Podcast. I'm Jordy. I'm Jay. Yeah. We'll see you next time, guys. Thank you.